No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Boys and girls, thank you for joining us, whatever time it is, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. Thank you for joining us, it's been a while, hope you're good, hope everything's been okay. Have you been saving the planet? I need you out there, on the front lines, that's what we're doing tonight, we're going to save the world, you and me, me and you. It's going to be an amazing trip. So join us, won't you? I want you to pluck up all of your youthful ambition, your hopes and dreams, put them in a backpack and take them with you. Let's go. Because we're doing it. Tonight we're going to save the world. Thank you for joining us. If you want to follow on Twitter, you know how to do that, etc., etc., etc. I'm sure we've missed out on a lot. We are going to get to a couple of things tonight. Got a couple of updates for you in the COVID situation. I mean, it's still there. It's still happening. Round two, here we come. Uh, we've also got some peaceful protesting on the streets of Sydney, which brought the city to a standstill on Monday. And there's some interesting characters to arrive out of that situation. So that'll be fun. All that and much, much more here on uh, the uh, uh, all, the always 8pm Always at the same time, every single week. You know the rules. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always going to be. It was always 8 o'clock or thereabouts, more or less, uh, you know, about five or six days a week. Before we get to saving the world, though, can we get to saving ourselves? I know you agree with me that there's too much bigotry out there. There are too many people just proudly wearing their hate on their sleeve and telling people, you know, their opinions, which can't be allowed. Of course, the Victor Show. Can we start saving the world with the Netherlands? We're getting the WEF food hubs as we remove our farmers. Well, I mean, those pesky farmers. Isn't having a box full of freeze-dried stuff more convenient? Come on. Come on. What do you really need to grow your own food for? We can just ship it in from, you know, China. Perhaps places like China. I mean, it'll be good for everybody. Think about, you know, we're saving the liberal world order here. Remember that? It's about saving liberalism around the world. So I need you to pluck it up, you know? You got a nut up on this one, I'm afraid. Winning TV in the chat. Thank you for joining us, sir. Hate, hate, hate. Yes, hate, hate, hate. But we're going to be the opposite of hate, hate, hate. We're love, love, love here on the show. And that's why I wanted to bring you this special little item. Quote, drag is not dangerous because you know there's been a lot of um, misinformation flying around out there, hasn't there? By Fox News, for example. Other right-wing extremists like the Supreme Court, Fox News, you know, the, the, the usual. The usual suspects, the regulars. Uh, you know, they've been promoting hate lately and that can't be allowed. That's not good enough. And there's been a lot of misinformation out there about, you know, things like drag time story hour and they're trying to spread fear and confusion in society in order to create hate targets and so you know the best antidote is sunlight of course so here we are 
Headline, drag is not dangerous. How exposing your kids to drag performance can be a good thing. My son came out age eight. Uh, sorry, age nine. My son came out at age nine and has found acceptance and self-love in RuPaul's Drag Race. Age nine. Age nine. If, if my son came out as straight at age nine, I wouldn't believe him. You know? What do you want to do, little Timmy? I want to be an astronaut. And uh, little Johnny, what do you want to do? Well, I want to be a firefighter. Of course. Of course. And little Stevie, what do you want to do? I want to have sex with men. Hmm. <laughs> little Stevie, what do you want to do? I want to plunge right into a vagina. I'm sorry, mate. You're too young for that. So I do wonder how does a nine-year-old come out as anything? How is that? It's a noodle scratcher. Because, I mean, you know, if, if it's ultimately about being sexually attracted to whomever, um, I would argue that, okay, now prove how a nine-year-old is sexually attracted to someone, please. Hmm? <laughs> So how I don't know how they come out. Maybe it's just something I'm not aware of. Maybe it's a vibe out there. I'm not sure. Drag queens are more popular than ever. But parents have recently been criticised for taking kids to family-friendly drag shows perceived to be inappropriate for children. It's just a perception. There's bad perceptions out there. Bad perceptions from bad people. Granted, not all drag shows are created for young audiences. But <laughs> I like the the... You know, implying that most are, right? You know, not all, granted, not all drag shows are created for young audiences. No, no, most aren't. <laughs> no, no one was questioning all. We know that. <laughs> but the art of drag is far reaching and it's making a difference for youth. It's empowering. Isn't it nice to know that you're making a difference out there? My middle son came out uh, as gay at age nine. When I tell him that gay bars used to be raided by police or, or that drag queens were once arrested for their art, nine years old. This, this smacks of freedom all over again, doesn't it? When I tell him that drag queens were once arrested for their art, he finds this absurd. Quote, <laughs> he's 12 now, and like so many young people, marvels at the queens on RuPaul's Drag Race. They're all marvelling at it. Incredible, incredible program. Children the world over are enraptured by this fucking show. RuPaul's Drag Race, apparently. I mean... <laughs> Their ability to express themselves and make a career doing it. This is apparently, again, not my words, but this is what the nine-year-old has expressed. That they marvel at the RuPaul Drag Race's ability to make a career out of doing drag. That's what he thinks about. <laughs> okay. The nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he doesn't know he doesn't know the gritty side of drag the article continues the booze-soaked smoke-filled clubs and cabarets maybe he never will public perception and expectations around drag have changed what matters is that my son knows there are people out there like him nine-year-old drag queen there's more well that's good the more the merrier We're doing uh, acceptance and diversity here, folks. Get used to it. (laughs) What matters is that my son knows there are people out there like him, people who celebrate an art form that has a sense of humour and elevates the human spirit. I mean, you know, say what you will, but they're not afraid of writing tickets, are they? We are, we are the youth of a nation. RuPaul. As RuPaul says, drag is for everyone. Well, isn't that nice? I was initially nervous about some kind of, uh, some of the language and sexual innuendo, but I felt he was mature enough to gain an understanding of these elements as they relate to drag performance. Again, nine-year-old. The nine-year-old has grown up watching drag, being watching RuPaul's Drag Race, being told about how drag queens were used to be raided by the police and attacked for their art form. Right? And even though there might be, you know, occasional foul language and perhaps some sexual conversations happening, uh, you know, we made the call that he was old enough to take that in and understand that, you know, it's about the art, man. <laughs> And then, wouldn't you know it, he came out as gay. I mean, it's the strangest coincidence. It really is. It really is a construct, bro. I was initially nervous about some of the language and sexual innuendo, but I felt he was mature enough to gain an understanding of these elements as they relate to drag performance. I mean, why not? He probably wrote a fucking thesis on it, didn't he? He handed you an essay. My thoughts on deconstructivism as applied to drag queen ideology. By Little Tommy, aged nine. And on the last page, he drew a picture of a unicorn. Good for you, Tommy. Some sites advise restricting viewership for Drag Race to 15-year-olds and up. I mean, fascists. (laughs) Fascism. Others have more liberal advice, but discussion among parents is is variable. Some say their toddlers love the dazzling visuals and pretty contestants. Others abhor the language, suggestive sexual content, and occasional nudity. Now nudity slipped into the pile as well. It's getting it's getting spicier by the paragraph. This show, wonderful stuff, especially for the children. I mean, you know, he is nine. I mean, they grow up so fast. Occasional nudity, which interestingly, some networks use censorship by way of blurring the nipples on fake breasts, but not the real nipples of topless men. Yes, I also don't understand the censorship laws most of the time. I don't know what they're thinking. So I'm with you on that. It doesn't make much sense. As a mum, I made the decision to let my preteen watch the show because much of what children see on television, in movies and online involves socially constructed ideas of gender and sexuality. 
now. <laughs> this is that beautiful moment when we here sitting in the grandstand watching, you know, the Coliseum below us. And, you know, the Warriors are kind of duking it out for our entertainment. This is one of those beautiful moments where we get to see that opportunity of self-awareness go blitzing right past somebody and they don't catch it. You know what I mean? Because it's right there. If you can just reach out and grab that little bit of a little bit of the corner of self-awareness, <laughs> just enough, like tearing a newspaper, that'd be enough. You'd get that. That's what would kick you off. The first domino would fall. But you watched it go right past. Have a listen to this again. As a mum, I made the decision to let my preteen watch the show because much of what children see on television, in movies, and online involves socially constructed ideas of gender and sexuality, even outright homophobia, transphobia, and misogyny. Okay, so we admit what we what we show the child molds their personality. Then, hmm, hmm, and. And if you freeze it right there, you can see the self-awareness just whizzing past their head. <laughs> Got to be quick to grab it. <laughs> there it goes. Oh, too slow. Missed it. Missed that chance. <laughs> Look. Look, I'm somebody who thinks popular culture is basically corrupting the children because it um, gives them a socially constructed view of reality where men have wives and wives have husbands and, you know, people have children and stuff. And, you know, that's, I think that's wrong. So my child only watches RuPaul Drag Race and then came out. <laughs> All right. I felt the truth about the culture with which he identifies was a step in the right direction. My own experiences as a fan of drag culture taught me about a complexity beyond female impersonation. It isn't deceptive as many heteronormative films depict the unwanted surprise under a dress, perpetuating a myth that gay men and trans women go around trying to trick straight people into unwanted sex. Drag is performance, art, and comedy. It's everything. It's, perfor it's performance, art, comedy. It's children's birthday parties now. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? It requires a vast knowledge of pop culture. So you would have had to have, in order to qualify first up, you have to spend a lot of time in a hairdressing salon reading the women's magazines that they offer while you're waiting. What are you getting? I'm getting an eight-hour thing. Great. Here's here's another Brangelina for you. Okay. I'm on my way. <laughs> when RuPaul's Drag Race first aired in 2009, it had an infamously terrible lighting. The sets looked cheap, but the real queens performed in a drag pageant on TV. It was, quote, revolutionary. <laughs> Revolutionary. God bless him. Incredible, isn't it? 
One day, thousands of years from now, they'll look back on this moment. The day the system came crashing down. Day of victory. Victus in perpetuitus. <laughs> well, I'll get you the chat. Is the bar for revolution this low? It's only getting lower. We've run out of things to liberate. <laughs> it was gay culture packaged as reality television. This this was a time before the drag show had become a destination for brunches, stageettes and girls' nights, before drag queens became a commodity for general consumption. Today, terms like, quote, reading, tucking and fishy have, <laughs> have entered the vernacular of drag race viewers, many of whom have never set foot at a live drag show. Celebrities and politicians have been guest judges. Outside of the show, audiences are devouring content, quote, devouring. Content like Tom Holland performing in drag for his turn as Rihanna. Diddy Blackface. Or Channing Tatum as Beyonce on Lip Sync Battle. A show that has arguably been influenced by drag's staple performance. Drag has become a part of mainstream pop culture. And RuPaul's Drag Race has elevated the art form. Isn't it wonderful? So there you have it. Drag is not dangerous. How exposing your kids to drag performance can be a good thing. My son came out at age nine and he loves RuPaul's Drag Race. So the first, the first third of the article is about the son's journey. The rest of the article is about how awesome RuPaul's Drag Race is, which is, so there you go. My nine-year-old loves it. Here's why. <laughs> Daddy, that's boring. Right about the dolly. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> Alrighty. Now, you know on this show previously we have spoken about topics like uh, digital privacy, um, online security, uh, handing over, the handing over of various rights and powers to prosecute governments in relation to various internet data protections and whatnot. And there's always a conversation going in the EU about privacy. And we've been over this many, many times. Yes, Google is MAGA, as Rusty said earlier in the chat. Google is MAGA. And so if you believe Google is MAGA, then you'll be pleased to know that I'm here to report that Google is only getting fucking bigger and better than ever before. Now, previously, you would have had the silly kind of right-wing conspiratorial concerns about Google being able to track where you are. And there was a lot of conversation around this during the darkest days of the COVID restrictions, you'll remember. Wait a minute. Can they use location data to find out if I'm outside if I'm breaking curfew? Can they do that? Remember those conversations? Well, of course, most of that was right-wing conspiracy theory, as you obviously. And we don't promote that kind of garbage around here. Not on this corner of the internet. We don't. Absolutely no way, no how, no sir. No. Here on this show, we go with the facts. <laughs> 
And the facts, according to the Washington Post, quote, Google will delete user location history for abortion clinic visits. There you go. Which, of course, if you're somebody who listens to this podcast, you're probably very similar. Your first question is, oh, so you're keeping it for everything else then? <laughs> is it is it just the is it just the abortion clinics where I kind of have my, you know, 1984 Winston fucking, you know, my little corner in the wardrobe where I can write my in my little diary? Is that what I can do? So in order in order to you know, not be tracked, you must be in an abortion clinic. (laughs) And everyone kind of sits back and goes, wow, thank you, Google, because that's how stupid we are as a a civilization, as a society. Thank you, Google. That's a company with a conscience. They'll be writing articles for months. Free publicity to the idiots. (laughs) They will lap it up like thirsty dogs drinking toilet water. Google will delete user location history for abortion clinic visits. I mean, how generous of them. I mean, because they do have a social conscience, don't they? (laughs) They're on your side. The tech giant collects reams of data on people, sparking fears it could be used in abortion prosecutions. Oh, I see. Now we have a problem with it. Wait a minute. You mean... You mean they can use the location tracking to figure out if someone is breaking a COVID law? Uh, yeah, that's what we're saying. Good, fuck them. They can't be spreading their diseases, the unvaxxed idiots. Okay. Wait a minute. Are you saying they can use the tracking to see if someone's gone to an abortion clinic as well? Yeah. We gotta put a fucking stop to this. Oh, okay. Okay. This can't be allowed. Why didn't you tell us they could do this? <laughs> Google said Friday that it would delete its users' location history whenever they visit an abortion clinic, domestic violence shelter, or other similarly sensitive place. Okay, so now we've got to figure out what the sensitive places are. What about people going to church? Will you delete that? Shouldn't that be between them and their God? Why would you need to get involved in that? Where, where's the line now? Because now you've created a line. Before you were just tracking everything all the time, right? But now you're going to be the good guys and say, you know what, ladies, we'd, we'd, this one's on us, okay? When you head to the abortion clinic, here's what we're going to do for you. We are going to delete your location history. Marvellous. For just, just for that one stop at the abortion clinic there. So it ultimately becomes easy now because now if we if we want to know if anyone's been to the abortion clinic, we just look for their their tracking data with a big hole in it. <laughs> Is this your address? Yes, but I'm going to take the numbers off my house. <laughs> then I'll look for the house with no numbers. Well, I'll take the numbers off my neighbour's house. Then I'll look for the house next to the house with no numbers. <laughs> If our systems identify that someone, this is Google, if our systems identify that someone has visited one of these places, we will delete these entries from location history soon after they visit. 
So they're going to be flicking through your data. And okay, she did go to the abortion clinic. Let's remove it. Okay. Wow. Now, so now they're actively looking for my location. That's interesting. This is a good thing. Yeah. I'm just openly admitting it. Remember, how do, how do you get shit through? How do you get shit through? How do you get people to accept something that they would otherwise be against? Tell them it's for safety. <laughs> Tell them it's for safety and I'll line up every single time. Google and other big tech companies have been under pressure over the last week to make clear how they will respond to such requests. Google already responds to hundreds of search warrants every day in the United States handing over its customers' emails, location data, and documents stored in the cloud. As law enforcement agencies become more tech-savvy, they've increasingly used the vast troves of data collected by big tech to bolster investigations and prosecutions. Privacy advocates have long pointed out that these same tactics could be applied to abortion investigations. You don't say. A hypothetical situation that has now become reality. It's its always been about everything. You don't understand. It's not about nitpicking one particular issue or one particular agenda and saying freedom for this thing. That's not what we mean. Because we can't have freedom for the abortion people and then you denying the freedom of this little group of people over here. We can't keep doing that, right? So it's... Yes, freedom is at risk here, but it's not just this. You don't get it. Everything is everything. Privacy advocates have long pointed out that these same tactics could be applied to abortion investigations or any investigation. That's the point. <laughs> you idiots. Not just abortion investigations, any investigations, right? A hypothetical situation that has now become reality after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, Google has fought the government on other data collection issues before, such as pushing back against the National Security Agency's bulk data collection programs a decade ago. Any battle between the tech companies and the governments about data collection should be done in public so that regular people and privacy advocates can have their say too. Oh, well, that's nice. They'll really listen to us. A nice thought. I mean, God bless her, you know, her innocence there. Yeah, they'll listen to me. <laughs> I hope if Google does make the decision to start pushing back when they get these, whether that's in the abortion context or otherwise, that they do so in public. Google's voice is obviously important in the discussion because they have the data and they are the ones running the searches, but their interests are not necessarily the same as the general public. They're catching up. They're slowly getting there, aren't they? Baby steps. One baby step at a time. You know, I'm not sure that Google's interests are necessarily aligning with mine. Congratulations, sweetheart. <laughs> what a ride. Or people who are concerned about privacy rights. Other tech companies are facing the same questions as Google. Facebook leaders have discussed legal strategies to respond to the decision since a draft version leaked in May. According to a person familiar with the matter, 
who spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of retribution. I mean, it's a kill, it's a killing field out there in the Google world. They're coming after my family, man. At Amazon, an employee petitioned asking the company to take a firmer stance on abortion rights and stop giving money to anti-abortion politicians. Oh, see, look at the monster you've created. <laughs> look at the monster you've created now. This is beautiful. This is a wonderful thing, you see, because these big companies have been... They've been all too happy to kind of ride the positive PR of... Um, you know, kind of gently attaching themselves to various social movements, right? And they get the nice little buzz and the nice little PR spin and they get to take photos with a rainbow flag and it's like, hey, we're on your side and it's all great and stuff. But then what happens when your subjects start demanding more? (laughs) Now they don't know what to do because... The, the culture that they have indeed cultivated through their various PR activities over the last decade or two has now, you know, it's now, it's off, it's it's left the nest. It's, it's making its own decisions. It's Jason Bourne in the ideology world. They trained this, this ideology to be, you know, it's loyal servant and it's happy worker, happy and productive workforce. Let's go. And... Now they're turning on them and saying, you need to do more activism. (laughs) And of course, these companies are now like, well, hang on, we were happy to accept a certain level of activism because one, it didn't risk any financial loss. And two, it made us look like good guys, uh, you know, in our 30-second media bites. Oh. Now their own workers are going on strike demanding more access to abortions. We want you to change the government. (laughs) We want you to overrule the Supreme Court. Good luck, or we're walking out of here. How are we going to keep them happy? I don't think an extra 15 minutes on their coffee break is going to do it this time. I don't think they're going to accept that. (laughs) So there you have it. Getting more and more activist by the day. Let me take you to little old down under Sydney. Sydney town, sweet old Sydney town, jewel of the South Pacific, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, My hometown. Well, we had a little bit of a disruption earlier in the week. The climate protests are back. And... Luckily for me, I didn't have to do any travelling that day, so I could just kind of kick back and watch it all unfold. It's it's in a similar vein to ones that you've seen in the UK and whatnot. It's just about, you know, stopping everyone, just huge kind of organised pop-up protests, if you like. And, you know, they were at it. They were doing their thing on Monday. <laughs> Foggy in the chat. Sydney sucks. <laughs> well... It did on Monday, especially if you were trying to get either in or out or around in the place. So check this out. Purdy, let's go back to that breaking news coming out of Sydney now, where climate protesters are right now marching through our city's CBD. We've got our reporter, Gabrielle Boyle, right there on the scene for us. Gabby, talk us through what you're seeing and hearing. Laura, you'll have to forgive me. I'm a little bit out of breath, to be honest, because we have just 
marched at a very quick pace right through the city with these protesters. They are absolutely making their way through the street as quickly as possible and they're being tailed by dozens of police. They're angry, they're cranky, they want their voices heard. They're cranky, I love. (laughs) There's someone's a little bit cranky. (laughs) Oh, if only it were that simple. Because then we could just give them a lollipop and send them home and everything would be fucking great. Someone's a little bit cranky. So we've got cranky protesters in the street. Now, you need to put this into a little bit of context, okay? Sydney's pretty big. It's pretty big. We're talking over 4 million people living here, right? At 8 o'clock in the morning, the CBD... I've been in the CBD at 8 in the morning. It's fucking... It's lit. It is a buzz. There's people everywhere. There's actually people everywhere from like 6.30, 7 o'clock it starts. They start funneling in. Within an hour, it's just gridlock. It's just the way it is. It's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a well-designed city. It was originally designed for fucking horse and carts. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of one-way streets that go nowhere. Everybody who's not from Sydney gets lost. And people grow up in Sydney their whole lives and get lost in Sydney because it's that, it's that ridiculous. You know, you look at a map and you're like, oh, sweet, I can just take a straight line from this part of the city to the other. And it's like, no, 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 that, that's one way between those two streets. And then it goes back one way, the opposite way between those two streets. So you actually have to loop around the park there and then go, go through and take two lefts and then get on the ramp. And you're like, what? Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So you can imagine it's also very, it makes it very difficult for police to kind of um, pincer people in when they want to start doing protests because there's a lot of, there's always a lot of escape routes. Sydney's basically a, a, it's a rat run where 4 million people live in it, right? You can scurry off in any kinds of all sorts of directions and never be seen again. So eight in the morning, we're protesting. And we're protesting the climate, which is an interesting take. You can hear those drums there. Oh, we've got war drums at the protest. Fantastic. They've shut down many major streets. We're just passing Martin Place at the moment. And you can see that both directions the traffic has stopped. This is one of the biggest streets. God, we've got live from the front in Ukraine level of tech here at at the news, apparently. It seems like our signal there to Gabby might be a little bit patchy. We'll actually let her catch her breath for a couple of seconds. But as you can see, these are live pictures coming from Sydney's CBD right now where those climate activists are marching through the city. Mostly peaceful protesters. We've been seeing some uh, shots come through already. It looks like the protesters have been trying to use everything from wheelie bins um, to to plastic crates uh, to even some plastic bollards in the city. You can see some... Now, remember... I. Some things are key to remember here, okay? Now, here we are. Let me full screen that for you. Here we are protecting the environment, right? Campaigning on behalf of climate change and we are rolling garbage bins out onto the street and, you know, laying them down on the street. Because, of course, containing all of the waste in these receptacles, in these canisters, so it doesn't pollute the streets and spread around and spread filth and disease. 
Keeping them, keeping the garbage in the garbage bin is obviously bad for the environment, guys. He was liberating that that trash. <laughs> okay. Return home, be free to your family. So, this is a fantastic thing that he's doing here: liberating garbage to save the planet plastic bollards in the city. You can see some of those pictures there from social media to block the roads. Um, police have been hot on their heels though. They have been quickly, as soon as those protesters have been trying to block those roads, police have been very quickly there to clean up that scene. But as you can see from Gabby, they did start initially at Hyde Park. Sir, I've got bad news. The police have broken through our fortifications. <laughs> yes, they dedicated a whole unit to the removal of the bin from the street and they have breached our front line. This morning and within the last half hour, they have moved very, very quickly. This is the right. heart of Sydney CBD, yep. right in the middle of the business uh, district there. Lots of people, as you'd imagine, at this time of the morning, 8.30, need to make the commute, whether through public transport or via car. I think we've re-established our connection now to Gabby. Um, what's the mood and the sense from the police and the protesters this morning? Is mm. it... OK, we, we can already ascertain the mood of the protesters. You know why? Because they're protesting. <laughs> so we don't really have to go back to them for a comment at that point. We know they're upset. Remember, she did say they are cranky. Very cranky out there. Now, I wonder if the police are cranky as well. Because what I'm, I'm going to show you a very cranky actual person. So what we have here is, while this was going on, a uh, an influencer, an influencer... <laughs> She live streamed herself. She she bike locked her neck to the steering wheel of a rental car and parked across both lanes of one of the major, major, major arteries into the city, the Sydney Harbour Tunnel, okay? Which the Sydney Harbour Tunnel, what it functions at, it gets people from the north side or the south side of the city, more or less, to the opposite side of the city without having to drive through the city streets, right? It's a tunnel directly underneath. And it runs, it kind of runs alongside the Harbour Bridge, basically. So it's vital. It's key. <laughs> and what she she bike locked herself to the steering wheel, parked across both lanes, and then live streamed it. <clears throat> so what 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 we're doing here is with this, I'm just prepping you for that. And I'm very much looking forward to bringing that to you. So let's carry on. So far seeming relatively calm, or is it starting to amp up? A lot of these protesters are very cranky, but I can tell you Very also, cranky. There it is again, the cranky. They're being forced to follow these protesters. They're throwing down milk crates. They're throwing down roadwork material. Roadwork I've materials. I've even seen in one circumstance them throwing down slabs of concrete, That's... narrowly missing police officers' feet. <laughs> I tell you what, these police have their job cut out for them. It is dangerous work. Oh, we're back in the blue again. That's nice. There you go. Back in, back in the blue this week. <laughs> These protesters are making their way towards the harbour, towards the Opera House, down onto the shores of Sydney Harbour there. We initially thought they may have been heading for the Harbour Bridge. Doesn't look to be the case, but it is more in the direction of the Opera House now. But this is bringing major traffic delays and problems in Sydney for police. We've had the chopper above, we've had the police horses out as well, and certainly plenty of police motorbikes and cars. You've been able to hear those sirens. Right okay. the so she's just describing police vehicles, okay, at that point. Now, here we go. Now, here is what I was referring to. 
Uh, if you, if you, I'm going to assume most of you are not from Sydney, but um, it can be very difficult to get onto these major arteries like the Sydney Harbour Tunnel if you don't know your way around because there's only a few on-ramps and they're kind of tricky to get to because, like I said, Sydney's a fucking – it was a maze. It was a maze designed by, um, you know, a savant who wanted to make an uncrackable fucking puzzle for people who was also a city planner. I'm convinced of that now, looking back. You know, only a specially gifted autistic child could solve it. And then the government would try to hunt them down and Bruce Willis would have to save him. You know, something of that nature. Otherwise, that's the only way it makes sense, the design of Sydney. So it's very difficult to get in and out of these tunnel situations. So. Well, thank you very much. <sighs> chaos is the word here, isn't it? Chaos. 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 Then- love fucking chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. This has been happening for months now. Mm-hmm. We had people at Port Botany uh, tie, hanging off bridges. We had people gluing themselves to roads uh, up yeah. by on Sydney's oh, northern yeah. beaches. That is the traffic right now heading into the Sydney CBD. It is yeah. bumper to bumper and it's not moving anywhere. Oh, don't go reversing, mate. Do not go reversing. No, 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 no. Now, look. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the shit that happens because people are fucking retarded, all of them out there. And now this guy, th- I know what he's thinking. Look at this. If you look on the bottom right hand of the screen here, I know what he's thinking. You can just make out a couple of unbroken lines. Like, obviously, that's where a ramp has just finished. Like, that's an on-ramp there that's just finished. He's thinking, while no one's behind me, I'm going to back up this fucking on-ramp and get the fuck out of here because it's right there, but you... Mate. (laughs) There's going to be... Remember, it's 8 in the morning or something at this point. There's going to be people that are flying up on that freeway and they've got a coffee in their hand or something. They look down at the radio for a second and then... And you're reversing into them, so... I wouldn't be doing that, my son. (laughs) There's one guy uh, now backing up. Don't back up. That's actually um, southbound. So that's from Mm, the north side of of the bridge there. So a car has come in and it's um, the driver's got out, blocked all the traffic. And you can only assume that at 10 minutes to 9 on a Monday morning, the amount of dramas that that is going to cause, just with traffic backing up. um, Now, see, I've got a bone to pick here. Okay. Now, fair enough, right? Fair enough. She had herself bike locked in the car, and it might have taken it might have taken a little while to, you know, extricate her from the car. Granted, but now that she's out of the car, if I was running this city, things would run a lot more smoothly. You know why? Because what are the fucking guys? What are the guys who work the safety crew at the Monaco Formula One Grand Prix doing? when the Monaco Grand Prix isn't on? Let me ask you that. You know the guys, they wear the vests and they use the cranes. Monaco is a track in Formula One racing which is famously tight and dangerous. There's no room to even drive side by side next to someone most of the time. It's ridiculous. And of course, they have a lot of crashes where it just it's a street circuit and they fly straight into the wall, total the car, and there's nowhere to go. There's no grass or gravel traps or anything because it's just street and wall and that's it. So these guys who work behind the wall at the Monaco Grand Prix, 
they can get a totaled, they could get three or four totaled Formula One cars. They have cranes. They roll out these cranes. They lift them up in the air. Bang, they're on the back of a truck. Four fucking minutes, I reckon. One minute per car. And the track is clean and they're good to go again. So when the Monaco Grand Prix is not on, what the fuck are those guys doing? I want them in there, in here, getting that car off the fucking highway, (laughs) right? Because that's the bone I want to pick. Now she's out of the car. Why isn't someone driving this fucking thing away yet? Why we still got it parked here and standing around talking about it? Look, the problem isn't the girl. <laughs> the problem is the car the girl was driving. That's Get it out of the way. Take photos, dust for prints later back at the cop shop. But we can't do it here. We've got to get this fucking thing out of the way. No, no, no. We're going to stand around and talk about it for a while first. <laughs> Just fucking get in and drive it off. <laughs> drive it back to the yard, whatever. Day oh. morning, the amount of dramas that that dramas. is going to cause, just with traffic backing up, yep. um, and even with police arriving there on the scene straight away. I mean, I just don't reckon these guys help their cause at all. No, no, no one is sitting here and you know, and and you know the cause and to fight for the climate, you know, good on you. And I'm glad she raised that. I'm glad she thought of that. Look, I don't know if this makes people like you or not. Well, you'll be pleased to know we have direct, direct evidence on the kind. We have direct feedback from other motorists as this, you know, socially conscious protester you know, imprisoned herself in a rental car via a bike lock around her neck and then blocked the harbour tunnel for all, you know, for four million people in the city. Okay, so she got direct feedback, which is always encouraging. It's good to know what the punters are saying out there. Let's have a look here. I think this is the best. Now, I looked everywhere for the full live stream, but I could not find it. We did, however, find this. I'm currently locked on to a car at the start of the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. I'm not sure what's about to happen. <laughs> Wait, where's the rest of my sound gone? What the? What the fuck? Where did my sound go? Don't tell me this doesn't have sound. I'm currently locked on to a car. Yeah, no sound. All right, that's dumb. Because it's really, you really do need to hear the, um, <laughs> to get the full effect. I'm currently locked on to a car. You everyone's dying! Ah, oh, look, they cut it out. I don't know why. What, are we, are we, a, <laughs> is censoring not good enough? Hey, Let's try this. Uh, might be this one. Who sparked peak hour chaos, hurling signs, road equipment, and bins across major roads, leading to chaos in Sydney's CBD. James Wilson was in the city as the mentioned okay. ten arrests, roads, and port. Expect for this morning the rolling. Pro- 
her neck to the steering wheel of a hire car with a bike lock after blocking both southbound lanes into the harbour tunnel. And let me tell you, Lizzie, it didn't go down well with motorists. Hi, my name's Marley. I'm 22. I'm currently locked on to a car at the start of the Sydney Harbour Tunnel in protest of the climate destruction that is happening on this continent right now. There are some really angry people who are screaming and threatening me. And what? Don't they understand what you're what you're fucking sacrificing for them? Don't they get it? And banging on doors, the police are on their way. Yep. And I'm not sure how long that this is going to happen for. Uh, I'm not sure what's about to happen. Yep. You run, stay up, you dumb Get the out Direct feedback is always invaluable. <laughs> You're fucking everyone. Stay up, you selfish cunt. <laughs> Here, he Here we go. Here we go. I'm not sure what's about to happen. I'm, I'm pretty sure. You everyone. Stay up, you dumb Get the I mean, I've got to hand it to her. She's got that dead eye stare, man. Look. <laughs> I mean, she's cold as ice, this one. So what's about to happen? You f***ing everyone, stay up, you dumb f***ing! Get the f*** out of my way! Now listen to this, listen to this. Gets better. Selfish You're a selfish To this man, I would say that I stand with you. <laughs> can't see me, but I'm dancing in my chair because this is the level of entitlement we're at now. This is how entitled we are right now. You are fucking this guy's day up, man. You're fucking everybody's day up. They can come up and fucking scream at you in the car. You selfish cunt. You are fucking everyone's day up. Fuck you. And she can go, look, to that man, I say, I stand with you. <laughs> Fucking balls. It is outrageous. <laughs> Fucking outrageous. But that's how entitled that's remember we were talking about, you know, self-awareness going whizzing past you sometimes. Holy shit. This self-awareness was the size of a Mack truck and it slammed right into her and she didn't fucking flinch. I stand with you. <laughs> You know, it it almost it's it's so brazen and so outrageous and obnoxious. I kind of like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm kind of like fucking tip of the hat. <laughs> the fucking balls. Good for you. <laughs> you fucking everyone, stay up, you dumb. Get the fuck out of my way. Hey, you selfish. To this man, I would say that I stand with you. <laughs> it is for you. It is for your family that we do this. <laughs> it is for you 
and your family that we're doing this. You can thank me later, son. <laughs> Right? That that is next that I have never seen a case like this. In all my years of doing this, in all your years of seeing this, we have not seen a case this bad of just complete lacking of self-worth. <laughs> it is I stand with it. Look at look at the picture on the right. <laughs> at him on the right screaming now on the right hand side of the screen there you can see him screaming his head off you're a selfish cunt fuck you and her smile only delay to claim sir i stand with you we're doing this for you i'm doing this for your family it's because it's because of you that we're doing this we're doing this to protect you basically you can thank me later and like i said the sheer fucking arrogance of that it's like wow it is for everyone's people, everyone's people that everyone's they love people. that we take this okay. stand because it is for all of us that we need our life support systems. Yeah. This city. <laughs> it's we're doing this for you. This is why we take a stand. It's nice when your righteous speech is interrupted only for one of the people you're quote unquote protecting to come out. And yet again, accuse you of being a selfish cunt. <laughs> he sounds so grateful. You've really, you've really done a brave thing here. Yeah, get a drink. It is for all those people that they... It's thirsty work out there saving the world. ...love that we take this stand because it mm. is for all of us that we need our life support <laughs> systems. This city... Here. I mean, see. doesn't flinch. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone who's listened. Um, You're welcome. I've been a bit scattered and a bit overwhelmed, but... You, you don't... <laughs> wow. What? I've been a bit scattered. Well, you were obviously in the right frame of mind when you decided to tackle the problem of saving the world. Because, I mean, if you don't do it by doing this, by chaining yourself, bike-locking yourself to a rental car in the Sydney Harbour Tunnel, I mean, who will? How else are we going to get action on climate change? So you did a, a good thing. I encourage more of it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everyone who's listened. Yeah. Um, I've been a bit scattered and a bit, a bit scattered. but... Yeah. Thank you for listening. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be able to... Don't know. How, look, I, <laughs> I don't know how much longer I'm going to be out here. Don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to stay out here, guys. So thank you for sticking with me. We are saving the world. Hold this phone and hold this space. Hold, hold this space. space, yeah. It's a big day ahead. Big day ahead. Unfortunately, I couldn't lock the car, so now... Hey, mate, how you going? Sergeant Edwards, North Sydney Police is my name. You hop out of the car for us, thanks. You need to hop now out of the car. And there we go. So there's one 
bike chain locking onto the steering wheel around the driver's neck. Have you got any identification on you? Just keep your hands where I can see them, please. Just answer my question. Have you got any yes. identification? I'm just getting keep it your for hands you. Where. Yeah, just tell me where it is. Oh. Don't pocket. you get it? Oh, the voice has changed. The voice has changed, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting it for you. Oh my god, stop being so pushy. <laughs> really? I mean, seriously? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hold the pocket up. Yep. I mean, we shouldn't be rude. She is saving the world, so, you know. Thank you. And can you put your hands on the dashboard for me and stay like that? Thank you. Uh, he's still being very polite. So there you go. Now. Tabloid newspapers serve a certain function in society. Yes, they are cheap. Yes, they are trashy. Yes, they are gossipy garbage. Yes. And that is the function they serve in today's society because, of course, the tabloid, after this event, the tabloids did what they do best. And, you know, it, it would be like getting angry at a leopard for its spots. If you got angry at the tabloid for doing this kind of trashy stuff, then you're getting angry at a snake for slithering on its belly. You're getting angry at a lion for roaring. It's not fair. How the secret and very glamorous past of Australia's most most infamous climate pest <laughs> explains why she loves being the centre of attention, so they've really gone in hard on her. <laughs> After paralysing Sydney by chaining herself to a car with a bike lock, uh, the, the young woman who brought Sydney to a standstill by blocking a major road and chaining herself to a steering wheel once pursued a career as a glamorous teenage model. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> she was once a budding catwalk, st well, uh, catwalk star in her mid-teens and was on the books of a top model agency until it went bust five years ago. She appeared in several advertising campaigns and fashion photo shoots and was even in a pop video before becoming an eco, a quote, eco-extremist. <laughs> Trashy tabloid, engage. But on Monday... Far from starring as a pin-up, Cooper was instead pinned down by a, a police after allegedly bringing Sydney's traffic to a... Well, not allegedly. She filmed it. Okay? It's not allegedly. It happened. She was there filming the event. You don't need to say allegedly when we have the video of her doing it. Okay? It's fine. So, some people have made comments in the past. Not on this show, we haven't, but some people have made comments, and you've probably seen the memes going around over the years, that um, very strict adherence to a particular political ideology may result in some kind of noticeable adjustment of exterior looks. Press one in the chat if you've heard similar theories. <laughs> like, as if... Press one in the chat if you've heard the theory that goes around out there. Obviously not on this show because we're not bigots. We love everybody here. It's an open, open forum. So you've heard bigots out there saying things like, well, if, if they start to believe in this particular ideology, then they start looking a certain way. Bold frame glasses. 
You may have heard these theories out there before. So let me put it to you that with those theories out there that we personally do not do not perpetuate because it's a pointless, dangerous stereotype with no grounding in reality, I present to you this. There she is. Now. <laughs> okay. Once upon a time. And then. Here we are today. <laughs> number one, number two. One, number two. Because, like I said, people have said those crazy theories on the internet and they have no grounding in reality, obviously. Now, what would happen after something like this? Would the person A be, you know, processed in accordance with whatever social disruption, misdemeanor the police may or may not charge them with? Maybe a fine will be issued or something. I don't know, whatever the punishment may or may not be. But, you know, if maybe age they get processed according to the relevant authority standards or b they get invited onto a national uh, nightly panel show <laughs> which one do you think it would be a for you know kind of scooped up and then you're in the system and you're being processed by the system b if you get a guest spot on a national panel show talk show that's on in prime time by the way Primetime panel show position B or press A for <laughs> No no she'll just be dealt with in accordance to the law. A lot of B's out there. You guys are pretty cynical. <laughs> yes, you of course you are correct. Uh, invited onto a panel show. Let's have a look. On 11 more climate I'm sure this will be have good. been arrested in Sydney after a second day of protests organised by Blockade Australia. Mm -hmm. Ten activists were charged following yesterday's yep. action, including a 22-year-old woman who allegedly blocked the harbour tunnel entrance with her car. Police claim she chained herself to the steering wheel with Did a bike she? lock. Yep. There's a really angry person who's coming up to the car who has been threatening me with violence. I'm not sure what's about to happen. You f***ing everyone stay up, you f***ing... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> how it started, how it's going. <laughs> I'll be right. Okay, so we're saving the planet. <clears throat> we're saving the planet, but the people we're saving, we're doing this for their family. They're not, they're none too impressed. They're not happy with us at all. Now, Marley Cooper has just been released on bail after 30 hours locked. She does have a, she does have a look, doesn't she? She just looks like completely disinterested, man. <laughs> disinterested with everything, man. <laughs> High energy guest is my take on that. Let's go. Up, she joins us now. Marley, how are you doing? How are you it's doing? It's been a really big few days, but um, I'm glad to be out and to have had a chance to see my family and to be here to have this conversation. Well, Marley, the video of you yesterday, it is pretty confronting to watch. It's confronting. <laughs> It was very confronting. You know, it's confronting to see someone so brave 
so brave. It's not hot in Sydney at all. It's fucking freezing here, Victor. It's the middle of winter. Freezing cold, my man. Terrifyingly cold for Sydney at the moment. Cold and rain right now, today at 11am. It appears like you lock yourself to the steering wheel it of a car. Like, it appears like... It appears... It appears... It appears... No, it happened. <laughs> what is this appears and alleged? We know it, she, it... There's no appears. We saw it. No, question everything. What made you take such extreme action? Yes. Anxiety about the way that the world is going? Okay, that's all well, fair enough. <laughs> Your Honour. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm sorry, uh, Molly. Why do you think you're justified in taking such extreme action uh, in defence of your ideology, and thus, you know, effectively costing the city millions of dollars? Um, you know, disrupting the lives of millions of people, just innocent people trying to go to work or go to a job interview or go see their parents or whatever the fuck they were doing. Why do you believe that you could take that action? Um, because I had anxiety. And yet, mind you, remember, anxiety anxiety plus, um, you know, a directive from her inner self. Remember, she was protecting the family of the people who were calling her a selfish cunt. I'm doing this for you. I stand for you. I'm doing this to save your family. Also because I have uh, anxiety issues. <laughs> Okay. So it is what it is. A lot of fear about the way Anxiety. that we treat the planet. Okay. And Anxiety and fear. So that's a good place to start then, isn't it? Press one in the chat if you've previously heard, you must not give in to fear. <laughs> How many times have you been accused of fear mongering? Have you ever been accused of fear mongering? I have. Press one in the chat. Why are you justified in bringing the city to a standstill? Because I have fear and anxiety. Okay. Let her go. <laughs> she can do no wrong. The fact that there are people who are determined to extract vast numbers of resources from this earth uh -huh. and the implications that that has on all of us, as okay. well as the fact that it is typically less privileged people who experience the impacts of climate change. And okay, we're talking about privilege already. We are 30 seconds into our opening monologue and we're, we're straight on to the privilege. Climate devastation that is happening here and now. Marley, what, what do you think that your disruption has to do with climate change though? Do you understand that people find you to be extremely divisive because you talk about privilege but the ultimate privilege was probably you deciding when people could get to work or not. <laughs> I don't watch the project. It's not my kind of a show. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I'm just, I'm not into that kind of show. I don't really watch a lot of TV, so... And if I were to watch TV, it's probably not going to be something like The Project. It'll be Simpsons reruns or something. Family Guy. <laughs> right? But good on Kate Langbrook. 
the way she asked that is fucking hilarious. Don't you think the ultimate privilege is deciding when other people can go to work or not? <laughs> She's thinking about it too. Hmm. I mean, one of the funniest thoughts about this whole shit show is, and I feel like an idiot trying to explain it to someone because you would think if they were an environmental activist, they would already know this. So it's, it's a waste of time. But then... I'm like, maybe we should still just make sure this is bedded in as general fundamental knowledge if we're saving the planet, right? Do you know what's worse? The one thing that's worse than a whole bunch of cars driving around the city at one time? Do you, do you know what it is? Tell me your answer. If you know the answer to this, I'll award you 10, internet, uh, 10 internets. There's one thing worse than driving a whole bunch of cars driving around the city. Tell me what it is. One thing worse for the environment. Cow farts. <laughs> Red man. Foggy in the chat. Foggy and Patience right. I'm going to award the, the 10 internets to each of you. You can have five internets each. Yes. Idling cars. The one thing that's worse for the environment than a whole bunch of cars zipping around the city in an orderly and efficient fashion is uh, all of those cars sitting in the same spot, engines chugging, going nowhere. That creates something that's called a heat sink. Right? And all, and then so all of that air just kind of everyone's expressing and uh, swapping the same filthy, shitty air, and that's much, much, much worse for the environment, mate. So in an effort to save the environment, you're actually hurting it. <laughs> in an effort to save the... In an effort to save the family of the other motorists whose day you're fucking ruining, despite the fact they call you a selfish cunt <laughs> for doing it, you still believe you're saving their families and it's good for the environment. Yeah, like, I just think, um, you know... To that man who came up and called me a selfish cunt and said I'm ruining everyone's fucking day, I just want to say I stand with you. <laughs> I'm one of you and I'm doing the reason we're doing this, it's to protect your family and your children. You know, obviously you can't be bothered doing it because you're too selfish, you're trying to get to work and you're calling me selfish. I mean, that's no good. I think that there's a bigger conversation that needs to happen. Right, don't focus on what I did, focus on what you're doing. No, no, it doesn't work like that. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do a stunt and then when people want to ask you about the stunt that you pulled, turn around and say, look, I don't really want to talk about the stunt. This is really about climate change, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. Say the line, Bart. We, people are only going to be interested in you as long as you did this stunt. Next week, no one's going to remember who you are. Sit perfectly still, only I may dance about climate change and I think that not a lot of people get a chance to speak on national television about this really important... Yes, but do tell us, what were you thinking when you chained yourself to the car? What was going through your pretty little head at the time? <laughs> yes, yes, there'll be plenty of time to talk about climate change, but uh, do tell us, what did the man say when he called you a selfish cunt, was it? Is that what he said? 
Do you think you have privilege? Important <laughs> situation that impacts all of us yeah. and that I recognise my privilege in this world and I recognise that I have privilege here talking to you. And I, I have privilege everywhere. This is a privilege fest. I recognise my privilege. you damn right you're better because you you parked across and blocked the fucking Sydney Harbour Tunnel. I don't have that privilege. That's, a, that's more privilege than 4.2 million residents of this great fucking city have. <laughs> Nobody has that privilege except for you, it seems. I know I have tremendous amounts of privilege. It's always like that, that candor, isn't it, as well, that gets you. Yeah, like, I just... Yeah, it's a stereotype. But sometimes stereotypes come from places. Why did you do this? I just want to say that I stand with you. And um, this is... We're doing this to protect your family. Okay? And I think that that is part of the reason why it is so important so that I am here right and I'm now. having this conversation and yeah. that we open up a discussion about how we move forward. And we, why, does, why do the irrational people think that they need to be part of any discussion? Answer me that. Do you know what I mean? It would... <laughs> why, why would... <laughs> I think we need to open up a discussion. See, you do something completely irrational. You bike lock yourself to a rental car to block a tunnel. And then, you know, you play good good cop, bad cop with society. Now you're doing a television spot and you're all like, I just think we need to open up a discussion about uh, climate change and how it affects us. And it's like, no, but yeah, there's going to be a discussion, no doubt. But I'm not sure you're going to be involved. You've already displayed that you're, you're the, the kind that will you know, bike lock themselves to a steering wheel <laughs> to make a point. You're the kid who throws the dinner plate on the floor because they don't want to eat their peas, right? Yeah, fuck off. That's you. So you can't be in the conversation, I'm afraid. Because everybody in the conversation needs to know that they can have disagreements without somebody threatening to handcuff themselves to the fucking board ta- boardroom table or something. We need to have that confidence in each other during the discussion process. In an effort to reach consensus, we can't have someone who every time a decision goes against them threatens to, you know, glue themselves to the coffee machine or something. We can't have that. So, no, you won't be there, but... Yeah, I mean, you did draw attention to people blocking the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. (laughs) I don't know if you drew attention to any of the things you want to talk about, though how we take steps to support our life systems, to support one another and to ensure that we take climate action because it is so important. Mm -hmm. So, so Mali, if I'm hearing you correctly, um, are you saying that you take... Why are they, like, you know, (laughs) look at the face. (laughs) She has got one of the most epic resting bitch faces I've ever seen in my life. She just always looks completely disinterested. (laughs) Take extreme illegal disruptive action in order to cause the chaos, get the focus, perhaps get arrested, then you will end up on television to be able to talk about it. Is it like, is that the strategy? Even even Walid Ali is like, we can't let this one 
<laughs> we can't we can't support this one, I'm afraid. Even Walid Ali is like, I don't know about this. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Walid, he has from time to time in his presentation television presenter career, he has, I reckon he would admit that occasionally he's backed the wrong horse. You know what I mean? I think he would admit that. He would put his hand up and go, well, maybe I could have done that better. <laughs> you know, maybe I could have been a bit nicer to that cause or that person, or maybe I could have been a bit harsher on that particular issue. Everyone's got those moments. Right? So he has known, he has been known in the past to get on maybe occasionally the wrong horse politically. <laughs> but even this time is too much for Waleed. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Exactly, Foggy to chat. Well, he is a fuckwit, but he's 100% right here. <laughs> and that's what makes this so amusing and devastating. They, they, their own, the people that they're trying to get to rally to their cause want to now disown them. See, unfortunately for you, sweetheart, you were brought up probably by a child of like, Either you're some icon or some influence on you somewhere, probably born out of like 60s activism. I mean, you look like 60s activism, right? Whether it was, you know, maybe you studied and found some inspirational figure or, you know, whatever, wherever you're getting your cues from, right? But you're about 30 years too late because... Your team, quote-unquote, is not that team anymore. Your team now is the corporate left. Big business, big corporations, big government left. And they don't want you. They don't like you. You know why? Because you're costing them money too. And if they lose the election because of radicals like you, then they're really going to dislike you even more. So, unfortunately, your activism is about 30 years too late. Now you're expected to fold into the corporate agenda, not the let's save the world agenda, I'm afraid. That why why do you think they were patting you on the back for the last 20 years to gain your support? It wasn't because they really believe in it. They were indoctrinating you, not the other way around. Now they celebrate Google. It's fucking amazing. We take climate action because it is so take important. Action. Yeah. So so Mali, if I'm hearing you correctly, yeah, yeah. Um, are you saying that you take extreme, illegal, disruptive action in order to cause the chaos, get the focus, perhaps get arrested, then you will end up on television to be able to talk about it? Is is that the strategy? Television is certainly not my end goal. Um, Disruption has been proven time and time again to have an impact and to have an effect that allows change to happen. And some people may see what I did as incredibly radical and we need radical change to now okay so now all of a sudden guess what we're going to be in favor of radical activism now it's going to morph we're going to promote being radicals now now i put it to you darling what what happens when the other side gets radical too What happens when that happens? Is that also going to be okay? Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I see you now. I don't think so. Perhaps not. Probably not. It's probably not going to be okay. Never know your luck.
who save the planet. Miley, it's obviously... They really do believe, and I've been saying this for years, man. Whilst, whilst some politicians or, you know, special interests or corporations may hijack movements and use them for an agenda, that's not most people, you know? And I, I would bet you that she genuinely believes that she's fighting to save the planet for everyone. I, I, would, I would bet you that that's coming from a real place. The motivation is true, you know what I mean? That's not to say, again, that, like I said, the private interests and corporations and politicians won't hijack and bastardise these people and funnel them into areas that are appropriate for them. At least try to. But like I said before, we are getting to the stage now where Frankenstein's monster is starting to, you know, become sentient. It's starting to walk and talk and... It's now it's Jason Bourne. It's creating its own missions now, and it's out of the corporate control, isn't it? <laughs> Happen, and some people may see what I did as incredibly radical. Yeah. And we need radical change yes, to save the planet. Got to save the Marley, planet. It's obviously a very divisive issue, and everyone, no matter where they sit on the on the, the subject, can see your passion and, and, and your commitment to it. <laughs> and commitment. Gee, sometimes they just miss the mark, don't they? Passion and commitment. But police are planning to use these new anti-protest laws against activists like you. You're facing up to $22,000 in fines and, and possibly up to two years in jail. As you sit here tonight... How do, do you, you feel? Do you regret anything? I don't regret anything. Oh, not yet. You don't. Maybe. Not yet. There's time for that. Trust me. We all know. In the in the in the very fresh moments after you do something stupid, you don't regret it. Right? The regret comes much later. <laughs> the regret the, the regret might come years later, but it will come. Trust me. It always does. You can push the regret down and down and down, deep, 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 until you're walking on it. But one day, it, when you sit down, it will hit you in the face again. The regret will hit you. Straight after you've done the dumb thing, you're like, how fucking good am I? I'm invincible. But, you know, it'll be maybe next year or the year after or... You know, it might be something like you, you, years, 10 years from now, you've started a little family or something, and then one of the other parents mentions, oh, do you know who that is? And then next thing you know, the regret will hit you. You'll be there waiting for your child, and one of the other school mums will say, hang on, aren't you that crazy chick who bike-locked herself to a, to a car 10 years ago? And that's when it will come. And you'll feel deflated. And then the kids will come up and go, what's wrong, mummy? And you'll go, nothing, sweetheart. Let's just go. <laughs> and you'll go home and run a bath and, you know, have a cigarette or something. <sighs> oh, I should have done that differently. <laughs> but it will, trust me, you may not regret it now, but you will. The regret will come. There's nothing you can do to avoid it. 
It comes for everyone. So I do feel nervous about what the future holds. I I don't want to have to be in this position. I don't want to be oh, look, faced. I, I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's so sacrificing. Look, I don't want to do this, but I'm doing this for you to save you. Stev, Stevrano, Stevriano, Dankmeister in a chat. Are you my mummy? Yes. Absolutely. Stavros, I only want what's best for you, my, my child. Now come here and suck on my tit. I'm making this just for you. These things, I do understand the implications and the way forward. Yeah. And I think that it is so important in this critical time that we don't stay silent and that people speak up and yes. speak out. Got it. Just smiley on a very human level. What were you? How? What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> she is literally Prometheus, Luberigno, <laughs> the god of fire. We need to get a fireplace in here. What is it? Scourge of Prometheus, eradicator of dead wood. <laughs> How are you feeling when you're in your car? Um, you know, you saw that man yelling yeah. abuse at you. Abuse. You he was so abusive. Of what was happening? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? How do you feel? I wasn't sure how things were going to play out. Mm. Um, I didn't exactly know how things were going to go, though. I also felt a sense of empowerment in empowerment. being able... It was empowering. I felt this was really good for feminism too, just while I was, just quietly while I was out there. I thought, you know what, I'm saving the planet, but I'm also empowering women and children. So this is really good from every angle. I don't see any, I don't see any downside with my activities here at all. To speak out and to speak, speak my own... But you weren't speaking though, you were parking a car. There's a difference and to speak my... I was speaking my truth. Okay, so if you're keeping score at home, here's where we're up to. First of all, she did it out of fear and anxiety. She was doing it to protect me and my family, so thank you for that. And she was also speaking her truth. It was empowering and she doesn't regret it yet. yet. But she will. <laughs> bum, dun, dun, dun. Let's keep on the safety bandwagon, shall we? This one was sent through by The Victor Show. Speaking of climate change, okay. Speaking of climate change, uh, of course, we believe in safety here on this program. Victor tweeted this at me with a quote, what the fuck is going on down there? I have no idea, so let's have a look. We thank the panellists for their insights. As we confront the climate crisis... Okay, so just to let you know, though, by the way, this is an Australian government-approved video coming from the Ambassador for Australian Girls and Women, I think. It's some kind of government-appointed position. Ah, by the way, incidentally, a progressive friend of mine reminded me, thank you very much, you know who you are, appointed by the Conservatives. <laughs> So the Conservative government appointed the uh, the ambassador for women, girls, I don't know, an ambassador for... I'm sure it's very important. Uh, you will notice just one streak of pink hair. Yeah. You've got to look very cl co uh, closely to see it, but it is there. A little bit of pink, just 
just to let us all know where she stands. <laughs> just as like a kind of little, a little expressive peacock flutter of your tail feather. Just so we can see. Just so we know we can place her in the good guy category. All right. So government approved message from the ambassador. Let's have a look. We thank the panellists for their insights. Mm -hmm. As we confront the climate crisis, women and girls' human rights must be at the centre of our collective efforts. Why? I mean, if the world is ending, it's ending for everyone, isn't it? Or are they now suggesting that climate change will only kill off the women and children? Or does it kill them off? Does it? The white men will survive, will they? <laughs> you know what I mean? If it, if the world is ending, is it not ending for everybody equally? Right? Or do you expect once the climate has shifted that they'll you know only the white men will be left patrolling the fucking highlands of Scotland or something? Will they? It'll be the only place that's still livable. Will be where it's minus 30 the rest of the year. <laughs> it's up high enough so the sea level rise won't affect it. So we'll all be the world will revert back to just white men living in <laughs> living in the highlands of Scotland um, plunging swords into each other's faces. <laughs> that's what we Hey, I mean it's got an upside. We'll get us some of them prairie cows and take them over there so we can be ready for the long, hard, the brutal winters. It's actually going to be like a resort in the middle of winter in Scotland when that happens, which will be nice. Imagine imagine walking out of your Highland estate on the side of a cliff somewhere on a small little island and just having a beach right there. <laughs> It'll be amazing. Sounds like bliss, books, says Fox in the chat. Exactly. So yeah, I, a simple question. I guess I could be wrong. I probably, I must be. This is the government telling me. So of course I'm wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm ignorant. But I thought if the world was ending, it would be ending for everybody. Apparently, no. <laughs> the white men may survive. We thank the panellists for their insights. As we confront the climate <laughs> crisis... Frigno, get your Valerian steel now. <laughs> women and girls' human rights must be at the centre of our collective efforts. Climate change and its consequences can exacerbate the risk of sexual and gender-based violence. I guess it's like, you know, if it does get a little bit hotter out there, let's just say it gets one one degree hotter next year in next year's summer. I can imagine plenty of plenty of guys just going home and giving their wife a smack in the mouth. <laughs> hey? What'd you do that for? It's fucking hot today. Of course I don't agree with that sort of behaviour, but if that's the argument you're making, then I guess why not? Gender-based violence, yes. Sexual and gender-based violence. So it got a little hot today. I'm going to find myself a trans person and and have it out with them because of because of the climate. The climate made me do it. 
This risk is most acute for women and girls facing multiple and intersecting forms of discrimination. Okay, so intersectional discrimination plays a large part in how badly you are affected by climate change. Your, your tax dollars at work, mind you, from the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. I don't know how they got involved in this. Why, why does this now become under your auspice of control? Eh? <laughs> the Department of Foreign, Foreign Affairs and Trade wishes to issue a statement. Climate change negatively affects intersectional, <laughs> intersectional oppressed groups... What? What has this got to do with the price of beef? I'm sorry, sir. This is the Trade Department. And inequality, including Indigenous women and girls. Inequality and Indigenous. We're just packing them all in there, aren't we? Australia is committed to achieving gender equality and eliminating sexual and gender-based violence, including during emergencies. Australia is... So that's good to know. During an emergency, let's say we have a bushfire... Or, no, even worse, let's say the world really is ending from climate change. We have an emergency. We've got the the Earth's crust is splitting open and lava is filling the streets. It's reassuring to know that we have at least one department of the government who's going to be focusing on the intersectional women, okay? We need to protect them first because they're, they're the most at risk. So what we should do is probably round them all up, you know, put them in a safety facility just to be sure. The rest of you can die. You've got to fend for yourselves, I'm afraid. Providing funding to train disaster responders to identify and support women and girls experiencing family and domestic violence during and after natural disasters. We stand with Pacific women and girls in responding to the climate crisis, including by providing negotiator training to support women delegates from Pacific Island countries to represent their countries in international climate change meetings. What? Okay. Now, look. If you're in any way a a semi-long-time listener to this show, you'll know that when it comes to government spending money, (laughs) not not my happiest you know area of discussion i don't like government spending money at all and if they must spend it i want them spending the least amount possible for the most possible purchase and i want to see where every single fucking dollar is going right so imagine pj dubs imagine my shock when we discover that we are now spending money to what was it train train Pacific Islander female delegates how to argue for, I guess, money, which is the only thing that you can really argue for if you're going to combat climate change, is give us money. So we're teaching we're teaching delegates across the Pacific Islands, specifically women delegates, how to argue for money. That's never been a problem women have had, I don't think. That I, I've never met a woman who's had a problem who doesn't know how to argue to get money. That's never been an issue. <laughs> Don't you think? That's silly. You just let them loose. You know what you do? 
You, you know what you do? You tell them that the other climate delegates are rich and unmarried. They'll figure out how to get money. Don't worry. Leave it in their capable hands. They are women. They know how to extract money from rich white men. They do it all the time. We don't need to train them to do that. You see, you see what I mean? I've just saved the government money right there. Right there. We don't have to spend a dollar. We just tell them that they're rich and stupid. Now go have at it. Okay. I might even get my citizenship. Women and girls in all their diversity must be able to live their lives free of violence. Yep, that's nice. Realising women's and girls' human rights... I agree, but what's it got to do with climate change? What does it have to do with foreign affairs and trade? Important part of securing the future of our planet okay. and a better future we'll for us all. Again. Australia would welcome the panellists' views yep. on good practices addressing violence against women. Yes, tell, see, tell us what to do. Tell us how can we be more like you. Oh, oh, exalted panel of wisdom, please impart your wisdom on us. Tell us what can we do to solve the climate change and violence against intersectional women problem? How can we solve this? Give us your, impart your wisdom on us. We're so ignorant and stupid. And girls, in the context of climate change and the women... <laughs> the, the foggy, the sun can't keep getting away with this. Peace and security <laughs> agenda. There you have it. The Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. So, in answer to your question, Victor, I have no fucking idea what's going on down here. Uh, what do we have here? This one was sent through by the great Kitty B. Shout out to Kitty B. It's been a while since we've seen Kitty B. So I'm just convinced we need to burn it all down because at this point, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. Okay. I'm advocating for violence. I am advocating for violence because... Nice. Okay. Well, I'm sure it's all going to work out just fine. (laughs) I'm sure everything is going to be fine. I'm sure you're going to be the victor. Of course this will work out in your favour. Good idea. There are people that are doing a really bad job. Okay. But the problem with the job is, even though they're doing such a bad job, Mm -hmm. they do this job until they die. Okay. So we're just supposed to sit back and let these people... We should kill them. Yeah. I just figured it out. I figured out the problem. The problem is we have people in these jobs who are just there until they die. Well, what if they die quicker? <laughs> hey, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> I mean, really, the problem is people doing a shitty job and staying in the job until they die. It's only a problem as long as they're alive. <laughs> There'll be no repercussions for this. <laughs> it's a it's a fantastic idea. I'm a fucking TikTok genius. Do a really bad job and have really seriously oh, negative yeah. consequences on millions of people. And we're supposed to do what? Sit on the sidelines? Yes. Light it light it on fire. Light it on fire. There you go. Nice sentiment. I'm sure everything will work out just fine. Uh, Let's see here. 
got a couple of items. I'll tell you what, let's jump to this. A little bit of a COVID update for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a while. We aren't done yet. The fun ain't over yet. Because as you can as you can tell, safe and effective vaccines have been getting just better and better and better by the day, haven't they? More and more evidence. It's almost like since they stopped talking about the cases as much that people have stopped, stopped caring about it. It's weird. It's so weird. But more fun to come because we can always be a little bit safer, right? Let's have a look. The Federal Health Minister has ordered a snap inquiry into Australia's COVID snap vaccine inquiry. supplies and why the rollout was caught short at the height of the pandemic. Yes. It comes as Australia's youngest kids move one step closer to getting a jab. The TGA has given Pfizer the green light for a, to apply for approval to use its vaccine on children from six months of age. And from Everyone is so much safer now, don't you think? ...to use its vaccine on children from six months of age. And okay. for more, we're joined by the Health Minister, uh, Mark Butler now. The Health Minister, the newly elected Health Minister, mind you. We had Health Ministers in before, they're out now. The Conservatives, gone. You're out of there. Income Labor, the left-wing government, the corporate left. And they're now taking control of this COVID situation, which is beautiful to see because, of course... They accused the previous government of not going hard enough. You'll remember the stories about lockdowns and, you know, borderline coercion of vaccines and what. You've heard all the stories over the last couple of years. Well, guess what? The new government over the last couple of years was accusing the previous government of not being strict enough. So we've got good times coming. Uh, Minister, good morning to you. Let's talk about the vaccine first. Now, children Please. as young as six months could be given a, a COVID vaccine <sighs> after that green light approval. Why? When do you expect that rollout? A lot of parents are interested in this. Are they really? Uh, they're lining up, aren't they? They're lining up. <laughs> Tell us, when can I stick this in my baby? <laughs> I need to know now. When can I get this fucking needle? Tell me immediately. I'm sitting here waiting for news, for updates. Well, I'm bringing you the updates. Well, these vaccines for our very young children under five years old are only yeah. just starting to roll out in the US really? right now. Really, last week was the first yeah, jab. They, I mean, they, they're so keen. We can't wait to get our hands on these needles, can we? They only came out in the States last week. Where are they? Give me my needle. Bring them over here now. It's like a junkie. <laughs> I need my hit, man. Can't wait after they were given approval by their authorities. Mm -hmm. Moderna has an under five vaccine that's already before our Therapeutic Goods Administration, our that's TGA, great. and I'd yeah. expect that uh, to be a decision really in, in the coming few weeks. And then, then that will be referred to our advisory group on oh, immunisation to determine it. the way in which that should be rolled out to under fives, if at all. Pfizer's running a little bit behind uh, Moderna, as you said. They've only just... They're, race they're racing. They can't... <laughs> they're racing to get this into your... 
into your baby as quickly as possible. Pfizer's running. Pfizer's running a little bit behind Moderna. You can see Moderna here already sticking jabs into baby's arms and legs. I mean, they're going very strongly. TGA approval to come next. As you see, Pfizer probably is still maybe a good two, three months behind. But we are told that they are producing record numbers of vaccines. It's going to be a blitz, a whitewash, a blitzkrieg of vaccines going into arms from Pfizer. I mean, we haven't got the under fives yet. They've worked their way. Remember, it for, if you go all the way back, it was like, you know what? Let's just start with the 65-year-olds and over. Remember that? Look, they used to say in the beginning, look, there's not really that big of a threat if you're a bit younger. You're, you know, you can wait, but we'll, give, we'll make sure the elderly people are covered with the vaccine and that makes sense. Well, now they've got all these vaccines. They're filling up in warehouses. What are we going to do with them? I know. We haven't vaccinated the six-month-olds yet. They've gone right down to the other end of the spectrum. First, we need to protect the people at the end of their life. Now we're protecting the people who just came out. (laughs) They only just got here. Warp speed for under fives. Fantastic stuff. Been given the green light yesterday to make an application. I'd expect yep. that to be made in coming weeks as well. Good, good. But if Can't I have wait. a message today, uh, Michael, to parents of under fives, it yep. would be to consider getting your young child vaccinated for flu. <laughs> Look, just book them in. Just book them all in, okay? <laughs> Look, I know you've been sitting around waiting for the COVID vaccine, but while you wait, we do have a delicious flu vaccine for a little bit of an entree. A little bit of an appetizer vaccine, we call it. You'll love it. It's got a cinnamon finish. So while you're waiting for while you're waiting to get your two-year-old vaccinated with the COVID jab, why don't you stick a flu jab in them, you know, while we wait? We've got plenty of those sitting around too. Get both. Mix and match. Uh, the yeah. flu vaccination rates for under fives are running behind the, na- the, the usual average. Really? And we know why. flu is a particularly virulent virus for mm. under five-year-olds. So if yeah. you haven't yet got your kid under five-year-old vaccinated for flu, yeah. consider doing it now because right, we're already yeah. seeing quite severe cases of flu to our youngest. It's right. important. Uh, good message there. Let's talk about this inquiry, a snap inquiry that you've called. What are you searching for here? What are you trying to get out of what we haven't known publicly in terms of our COVID supplies more. at the peak of the pandemic? Mm. Well, we've inherited a range of arrangements that the former government put in place, particularly with Moderna and Pfizer, the big vaccine companies, and also in relation to these new antiviral treatments, tablets that people can take at home instead of all the medicines are coming at once. Very exciting. We want to make sure that we are set up properly for the rest of this year and into next (laughs) year. Thank you, Trump. This wouldn't have been possible without you. Protecting (laughs) Australians against a landscape that is changing. We're seeing new subvariants across the world. Subvariants. To Australia as well that are different to the trip. We've just got to keep ramping up our vaccine production, I think you'll find. Let's just keep making them more and more and we'll vaccinate more and more people. The six months old, the six month olds, you're next. Next on the fucking list. Roll up those sleeves. To the to the variants that we've been dealing with. 
it's an industry now. Within those first waves earlier in 2022, yep. they're showing higher levels of reinfection. reinfection. There are new vaccines now on the market that are targeting the Omicron variant in particular. So we want to make sure we have priority supplies of those as well as these new treatments. I think so it's just, unremarkable. Just, just very briefly, if I can cut in, are you, are you asking for, are you looking for an audit of the supplies or are you looking for some impropriety in the, impropriety in the way the deals have been done? Oh no, I, I don't suggest any impropriety. I just want to make sure that these deals will serve our interests okay. through the rest of 2022 and into 2023. 2023 now. <laughs> so there you have it. Like, there's, there's no need for conspiracy theory here. They openly tell you what the plan is. If someone accuses you of spreading conspiracy theory, you can laugh in their face. There's no conspiracy. They're telling you. No, 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 we're going to be doing this well into 2023. There will be boosters and new vaccines and new variants, and it's just this is just going to roll on now for good. And should we have to? Yes, we'll lock down everybody again, yet again. You'll be thrown right back in where you were. We'll figure that out as we go. <laughs> when we need to do it, it's, the option is there now. Happy days. I mean, we've built all these quarantine camps. You don't think we're just going to sit them there and let them rot? We've got to use them. <laughs> we've made all this medicine. We've got to use it. Otherwise, it's just losing money. Fantastic developments. This one was sent through by, I think, Jim Edward or perhaps Foggy. Canadian journalists facing alarming levels of mental health struggles report. Let's have a look at this report. We heard overwhelmingly from 1,200 taking care survey respondents that stress is worse than ever. Yep. More than half of us, 57%, are having difficulty managing. Really? There are a lot of numbers in this report. We're not going to read them all here, but we do want to not. share. Of course not. You're journalists. Why would you give us all the facts? <laughs> Why would you go and do something as silly as that? Look, there's a lot of numbers here. There's a lot of boring numbers here in this report. So let's focus on how we feel. Okay. Key highlights, Matthew. Key highlights. Thank you, Dave. We have slides for those in the room. Ooh, and I goody. And that the press slides. Gallery has or will send them to people joining us on Zoom. Okay. Now, I can already imagine why somebody might be getting teased and therefore stressful. COVID has made a challenging job even harder. Oh. Add to our daily mix oh. a deadly virus, social isolation, challenges for work-life balance, oh. and contract work drying up. 82% of... I don't believe... I don't believe that the glorified bloggers in our society are actually complaining about... What, were too many other people doing it? Is that the problem? Hey... Because that sounds like the problem. At first they thought, how good is this COVID? Everyone's stuck inside, so they're going to have to look at what we're doing. But then while everyone was stuck inside, people were like, well, I'm stuck inside. I may as well start doing my own news and my own journalism. And then all of a sudden the established journalists didn't look any better than the YouTubers, did they? Then they started trying to copy the YouTube. Remember that? They started setting up... Set, remember um, remember Anderson Cooper's fucking Facebook show? I think it lasts two months. He set it up... He had background stream music playing. Trying to set it up like a YouTube live stream. <laughs> so I wonder how difficult... How, how else could it possibly be that times got harder for glorified bloggers during COVID? 
can that be? Unless the market swelled and you weren't as popular as you used to be. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Foggy, why aren't they buying our obvious bullshit anymore? Good question from Follow Boogie. How big is his desk? Remember, it's not how big the desk is necessarily. It's how many desks you have. So he's probably got six desks in his office just stacked up to the roof. Belly to back. <laughs> Foldable legs, of course. Of media workers work from home during the pandemic. I know how awful it must Others, be. however, yep. essential workers, yep. continue to work in the field or newsroom, <gasps> facing risk of infection and <sighs> illness, new workloads, yep. and challenges given the massive disruption. Really? Yeah. We heard that COVID conditions worsen stress. Really? Particularly among women, people under 50, mm -hmm. black, Asian, and everybody except the white man. Why is a white man telling me this? We know you don't have to keep going through. Let's just assume that every crisis that ever happens on planet Earth negatively affects everyone except the white people, okay? And we can just we can just iron out all of these little supplementary speeches in one fell swoop. Let's just assume that the white guys are never never ever negatively impacted by anything and we can get on with it. And indigenous workers and those who have frontline job roles, such as editorial and production assistants, mm -hmm. podcasters, yep. researchers, yep. hosts and presenters, photographers, yeah. video journalists, and producers and associate yep. we producers. We know all the jobs. We do. Harassment has also worsened during COVID. Oh. As the messenger, the oh. media became a greater target for people fed up or challenging pandemic restrictions and lockdowns. You know, a lot of people unfairly associated the lockdowns with us. Could it be? We watched the stories, didn't we? Remember the clips we watched of them celebrating as the police would, you know, take the baton to the back of the knees of the climate prote of the climate protesters. No, they get fucking escorted. They get they get guest spots on TV panel shows. <laughs> right. No, the lockdown protesters, but Don strike to the back of the knee, tear gas, get in there, son. And it'd be, they're not taking any crap. <laughs> the boys in blue are out there doing the right thing. Isn't life strange? Harassment has also worsened during COVID. Harassment. As the messenger, the media Is became weird? a greater we're target just, for people. We're just the messenger, guys. It was nothing to do with us. <laughs> People fed up or challenging up. pandemic restrictions and lockdowns. Yes. We found more than half of media workers, 56%, faced online harassment in the last four years. 35% were harassed in the field. People were targeted most simply for being members of the media. Really? Other targets? Yep. The content of stories, ah, women, yep. a media worker's race, Really? Harassment was more prevalent among media workers who are black, uh, Arab, South Asian, and Filipino. And among people more visible out in the field or with greater public profile. Mm -hmm. Hosts, reporters, video journalists, and photographers. You yeah. asked about media workers' overall health and well-being. 
and they told us media workers have much higher rates of anxiety and depression than average Canadians. Okay, you know what? Fucking quit. Quit. You quit, because no one's forcing you to do the job, right? And you wanted this intersect. You you wanted this intersectional world where you hunt down Twitter users and report what's happening on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And you wanted to share your stories out there. Well, guess what? You shared it to a whole bunch of people who think you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay. And they are going to express themselves as you express yourself. And it, it might not be nice and it might not be good. I sympathize with that. I understand that. Some some people have said fucking heinous things to me over the internet. Right? I know. I get it. But you are doing it. Right? You know what happens? This is the thing, right? The people, we've, we've talked about this on the show before. The people in the media who used to complain about the attack on the free press, right? Remember a few years ago, that was their big thing. Attacking the free press. Attacking the free press. And then that converted into you must not uh, criticize us, right? You're not allowed to say things to us. You're not allowed to question us. The mentality shifted. <clears throat> and that is that is the definition of, you know, not a free press. The reason it's a free press is because we can say to them, this is bullshit what you're doing here. This is bullshit and I don't agree with you. That's what the free press means. You know when it's not a free press? When they just say whatever the government wants them to say and people aren't allowed to criticise it. That's when the free press ceases to exist. But their heads are so far up their own assholes, they think free press means being able to say whatever we want and no one can complain about it. But that's not the way it goes. Alright. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for joining us. It was a good show. I did start a little bit later tonight purely because, I mean, it's. It, I started at 10 a.m. here instead of 8 a.m. I couldn't do the 8 a.m. start anymore. So um, if I do a show next, that's usually the thing that has been stopping me over the last month from doing a show is the fact that I can't do it at 8 a.m. my time, which is 6 p.m. your time. But I thought, you know what? It's been that long since I've done a show. Nobody really cares what I do anymore. So I could just, you know, go later. So thanks for joining me at the new late time. So if I'm... If I'm doing a, sh a stream next week, which I probably will, but, you know, just follow me on Twitter or if you're in the Discord, keep an eye on the Discord and I'll let you know in there. Or in the Telegram room as well, I'll let you know, like, on the day if you want to come hang out again. Do follow all of our friends. I believe uh, everyone's favourite lover of French pussy will be around momentarily, Mersh. Uh, Dofi, you know all of our friends. Uh, Frozo, Sunday Night Shit Show, Major Tom, Joe Pessy, The Iceman, Winning TV, Victor Von Schroom, James R, Coffee Talk with Sandra, The Minister of Fun. Don't forget all of them. Follow them all. And I always forget somebody, so remember them for me, and I'll call it even. <laughs> all right, guys, with that, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. See you soon. Bye-bye.